Uh, welcome to today's webinar presented by College Sport Communicators CSCU Committee. Today's topic, the joy of sports communicators and what we love about CSC and our work. I want to say a quick thank you to our panelists uh, for taking time out of your guys' busy schedule to be here today. Seriously, it means the world that you guys will be able to take time and talk to our, the kind of the future of uh, College Sport Communicators. And I want to also thank all the students who are joining us today, um, especially those of you who are going through finals. You guys got this. You're almost to the finish line. Finish strong to the winter semester. Um, also, one quick thing, if you can mute your mics, uh, that would be awesome. I'm going to mute some people real fast. Sorry about that. Continuing on. Uh, as I mentioned, today's session is hosted by the CSCU committee, uh, which works on recruiting students and young professionals to our industry, and then also doing programming for all our up-and-coming sports communicators and those who are new to the profession. Uh, I'm Josh Lively, Assistant Media Relations Director at the University of Tennessee. Uh, I'm a member of the CSCU committee, and I will serve as the moderator for today's webinar. Uh, before we begin, we would like to say a quick thank you to Corporate Partner Capital One, presenting sponsor of CSC's uh, Professional Development and Continuing Education Series. Also, we welcome your questions at any time. Just toss those in the chat, and we'll get to them when we can. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, now, here are today's guest panelists. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hey, everyone. My name is Josh Foster. I currently work at Vanderbilt as the Associate Director of Communications, serving as the secondary contact for football and primary contact for baseball. Hi, everyone. My name is Jasmine Washington. I'm the Director of Creative Services and Photography at the University of New Orleans, uh, where I oversee the social media strategy, graphics, um, and kind of that connecting bridge between all the marketing efforts and everything branding-wise for the um, athletics. And I'm Sammy Wallman. I'm the SAD at Citrus College, which is a junior college in California, and we have 16 sports. I'm also on the CSCU committee as the vice chair. Awesome. Thank you guys once again for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedules. Um, first up, you know, everyone has a really unique path when getting starting in sports. My way in was I knew I wanted to be involved in athletics because I just I love sports growing up. When I came to Tennessee as a student, I knew I wanted to get involved in the athletic department, but I didn't really know the career paths and what there was. So I kind of just sent a bunch of emails on the athletic staff directory and media relations was the first to respond. And the next thing's history. I've never looked back. I've always been in media relations since joining. Um but that's always my favorite thing is finding out how people got their start and, you know, why they chose to be in this industry. So would you guys mind just talking a little bit on how you got involved in this area and kind of what you love so much that's kind of kept you in this industry and why you chose it as a career path? Yeah, I'll start. Um, well, I met a guy, his name's Dwayne Peavy, and he was working at Kentucky at the time. And he started telling me about his job and I thought he had the coolest job ever. And so when I went to the University of Alabama, he connected me with the sports information department down there. And I just started working as a student and just enjoyed it. I love sports. I grew up playing sports and it was just something I developed a passion for. So from that, I knew it was something that I wanted to do and just continued to get deeper involved in it and went to work at Duke. And then I think like my favorite part of the job is just the relationships we get to have with our student athletes and just being around sports every day, I would watch sports even if I wasn't working in it. So it never really feels like work and it's just something I can 
come to and know that I enjoy each day? Well, for me, I actually double majored in communications and criminal justice, and I wanted to go into nonprofit work on the criminal justice side of things. Um, and I was at the University of Maryland where I got my undergraduate undergraduate degree at. And um, I was a president of NAACP at the time when the um, we had something happen on campus with one of our football players. And then I realized I didn't want to do that anymore. So by the grace of God, something from the communications department at our school, uh, they sent out an email and it was like, oh, athletics opening for communications. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. Like, I want to try this out. So I started as a student intern at the University of Maryland. Um, my senior year, I ended up being the track and cross, track and cross country um, contact for the school. And then I got an internship at the Southern Conference where I was a media relations assistant, realized I was a lot more interested in the social media side of things. So they kept me there for another year as the director of creative services. And then my, the job at the University of New Orleans came about um, and that's how I kind of got my start into athletics. The things that I enjoyed the most, I also will go off of what Josh said. I love being, being able to uh, build those relationships with student athletes and like seeing them share the stuff that we make for them is amazing. Like they're getting the attention, they're getting the branding and helping them build their own brand at the end of the day is something that I really think is important working in this profession. Yeah, so I was um, a student athlete in college. I played soccer at Cal State Stanislaus, which is now Stanislaus State. And then I ended up transferring to Azusa Pacific. I found this on a Sorry, <laughs> my watch started talking. Um, when I transferred, I was a bio major and I was not interested in medical biology, which was at APU. Um, so I ended up switching my major to journalism and part of uh, requirements I had to uh, interview someone so I ended up interviewing my SID and he talked about how he got to start uh, as an intern and I was like speaking of that I need an internship as well so I got an internship with the athletics department and then it eventually led to my first SID role as an assistant SID um, pretty much out of college I had I graduated in winter and that uh, by that spring I was uh, working my first SAD job. Um, what I love about the profession is exactly what Jasmine and Josh has said, like building those relationships with student athletes and coaches. And um, I've always enjoyed writing. And so being able to tell their stories both on and off the field, the court, everything. Um, it just, I love seeing them succeed and grow through the years that they're at my school. Um, I think I've become more of their biggest fan than than they even like appreciate because I'll be like, hey, you got player of the week or whatever. And they're like, cool. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm more of a cheerleader for them than they are. But um, I just love being able to, to spread that, um, just their awesomeness and how like amazing they can be. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for talking about that. You know, one of the things that I really love about college sports that for a long time, I think I took for granted was the people that you work with in this industry who are just so talented. Um, I worked with so many really talented, creative people from the, the photo side of things, the video, the photographers, the social people, graphics, all these people are so talented and could do literally anything else. Like they're so good in their field. They could do any sort of industry and be superstars, but because of their passion for sports, 
aligns like just like mine, I've been able to have these uh, relationships and build with them. And that's kind of what helps really make uh, going to work every day and working with these incredible people. It's so special. But that kind of leads me into my next point. Over the summer, Cosada rebranded to College Sport Communicators to be a little bit more all-inclusive to everyone who's helping promote and brand these athletic departments, these conferences. Um, Jasmine, I want to go to you because you started out as a media relations intern, but now you're more in the uh, director of creative services role. So you've seen both sides of the fence. Would you mind just telling our students who, you know, who are kind of getting started, maybe working through the process of, do I want to be an SID? Do I want to be in the creative side of things? Would you just talk through the process there, kind of the decision-making you had to go through and then some advice you have for them? Yeah, well, first to begin, I didn't know I was as creative as I am, um, to be completely honest with everybody. So when I started as a SID with the track team at Maryland, I, I liked it because I got to go to the track meets, I got to build the relationships with the student athletes. Um, and I was like, oh, I have to write a recap after? Oh, I have to write a preview? Oh my gosh, I have to update the record book? It was like small things like that that I didn't really realize went into sports communications and I enjoyed it, um, but I just knew my passion for the social side was a lot stronger than writing the record keeping, um, keeping stats at games and stuff like that. So with that experience and then transitioning it and at Maryland, Maryland's are very, the SIDs there are very digitally involved. Like they get to run their own accounts. They get to make their graphics with the templates and all that stuff. So it was a more, I would say new school version of being an SID and they probably still are. Um, and when I became an intern at the Southern Conference, I went into that position thinking it would be the same exact thing. I get to do the social media, I get to make graphics. No, 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 no. When I went to the Southern Conference, um, I still enjoyed that position a lot and I'm very grateful for it, but it was a lot more doing the player of the week stories and making sure the record books are updated, doing the baseball notes. I was the sports contact for seven sports and all seven of our sports happened during spring 2021 because all of the stuff in, uh, with COVID in 2020 made all those sports get canceled and pushed to spring. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I enjoy this as much. Um, and that whole year at the Southern Conference, the director of creative services position was vacant. So although I was doing a lot more of the writing and the record keeping than I expected, I was still able to kind of tap into the social media side of things. Um, and since I was an intern slash media relations assistant, um, they allowed me, since I had such a strong interest in it, they allowed me to still help with social media. I ran the social media as an intern while still doing the seven sports in the spring. Um, so then that led into me helping the <clears throat> director of operations at the time, Stanley Broaden, I helped him with the signage and I started designing stuff, like really designing stuff. And this is when I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I might be, I might be creative. Like, this is crazy to think that I wanted to do nonprofit work in the legal world. And coming into college, I wanted to be an accountant, literally two completely different areas. Um, and then, yeah, the commissioner was nice enough and saw how passionate I was about the social media side of things. Um, and let me stay on as the director of creative services. And I will say like, I think the biggest thing I learned is don't shut yourself off from any opportunity just because you might not know exactly what it is. And the thing that I learned when I was an intern at Maryland that has stuck with me since 
um, Rose DePaula, she's the one who gave me my first chance at Maryland. And she said, your internship experience and whatever experience you have at your job is what you make of it. If you wanna learn more about marketing, hey, go to the marketing person and say, I wanna learn more about this. If you wanna do more social media, make sure you just speak up because closed mouths don't get fed. Um, so that's what I would say. And that's my biggest piece of advice that I would have for any students that are interested in learning more about sports is just don't be afraid to speak up and make sure that if you are interested in another field, if you're an operations intern right now, but you're like, hey, I, I do wanna learn more about the SID work or social media, just find the right person, reach out to them, ask them, and you never know where it could go from there. Cause that's what I did. And here I am now, now I'm picking up a camera and taking pictures at games now too, stuff I never thought I would have been doing. So that's kind of what my, my answer is to that. And it might've been a little bit all over the place, but I hope I kind of answered it well enough for everybody. Awesome. And then kind of sticking with the same thing briefly, Josh, you work hand in hand with Vanderbilt baseball. Uh, you know, you talk about brands that are really big in sports. That's a great example of it. Just talk about how you kind of work with a lot of people in that area from the different areas of external. Yeah, um, I think um, one thing with the recent rebrand is that like it's all connected in some way, um, whether it's communication, social marketing, video, photo. We're all pumping out content and we're representing our program. And so. Um, it's it's all connected and you want everyone to feel included. Um, I'm actually transitioning into a new role here with baseball as the director of external affairs. So I'll no longer be serving as the SID, but I'll still be involved from all communication efforts and help streamline in that process. And I think one thing that's really cool about this new role is just being able to have a hand in every touch point with our fan base and audience um, from that people that see Vanderbilt baseball, whether it's communications, social marketing, in-game experience, um, donors, uh, what have you. So um, making sure that we're all working together and we're all on the same team, um, because especially when you're young in your career, you want to have your hand in all the different pots because you get experience that way. And you don't want to be too separated, but you want to be specialized. So um, it's it's really cool to work with a brand like this just because it's a national brand and we have so many eyes on us, but you have to be cognizant and streamlined and just together because you want to make sure that what we're doing on the website looks like what we're putting on social and it's all the same. Just so um Everybody who views it, no matter if it's a teenager, if it's a 55-year-old fan or an alumni, everyone has that same type of thought process when they're viewing your uh, when they're viewing the program. Awesome. Well, congrats on your uh, your job promotion. That's exciting news. Um, real quickly, Jasmine and Josh were also just recently named to the or the CSC, excuse me, the CSC 30 Under 30 Award, which is a new award that we have in our organization promoting our up and coming young professionals. So big congrats to you guys on receiving that. That came out last week. That's huge news. I mean, obviously, after listening to your story just so far, I mean, you guys are definitely deserving of that. You guys are rock stars in this industry. So it's awesome to hear you guys today. Also want a reminder, you'll toss your questions into the chat. Uh, we will try and get to those 
we want to get those towards the end a little bit. So if you have anything, just send it to me or just put it in the chat if you wanted to, if you don't mind having your name associated. Whatever works best for you, we'll get to those. One more shout out. Um, he is not here today that I know of, but we have a Brian Cooney, who is a CSC uh, student member from Butler. Uh, Brian actually submitted a graphic uh, for the Caleb Williams Heisman uh, Trophy presentation in case he won. Brian was a uh, he went to high school with Caleb and it was actually picked up by ESPN.com and was retweeted by the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C. So it's a really cool experience where a student who worked in sports had their work recognized. Um, so congrats, Brian. We're really proud of you. Um, keep up the good work. And for everyone else, that's a good inspiration keep doing the best. Uh, also, Lori just put the 30 under 30 in the chat. So if you haven't seen that list, go check it out. Reach out to those people if you guys have questions or want to learn more about their experiences. All of them are great resources for this industry. Uh, moving on, one quick question we already got. Can you guys tell us your favorite memories in sports? Sammy, I'll start with you since Jasmine and Josh has had a long time talking, and then we'll go Josh and then Jasmine. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I have a few. It's hard to always narrow it down, but um, some of my top moments, I guess, would be one, meeting my husband. At, um, he worked at the school I used to work at, Cal Baptist. Um, and then two, uh, we found out we were pregnant when we were on a road trip together at the Lead Eight, um, which was kind of a fun experience. Um, but, like, with a team, um, I think my favorite experience was – um, my first year at CBU, uh, I was thrown on a road trip to uh, last minute to basketball. Um, our AD at the time came in and was like, hey, how do how do we get stats when you're not on with the team? And I was like, I mean, they sent me a box score. I write the recap. If they have a video, I'll watch it. Like, I wasn't like, oh, OK. And he was like, mm, we should send you. So <laughs> I think this was like a Tuesday and we played Thursday, Friday or Thursday, Saturday or something like that. So super last minute, got thrown up there. Um, and I was with women's basketball at one point, like sightseeing or whatever. And they put two and two together that like I was one putting on social media, your CBU Lancers. And that was like the thing. So they all knew, oh, Sammy is the one that like posts on social media and she's the one that takes all the pictures or has pictures and she writes about us. So it's always fun when like student athletes make those connections of like, oh, you're the person that does all that stuff. It doesn't just magically appear on the website and social media. Uh, I would, I'm going to use three from uh, each of my three stops. The first one would be the 2017 national championship game. Well, actually in 2018, when we, when Alabama played Georgia, being on the field for that was really cool. And just being able to work in that environment was amazing. Um, and then at Duke, I got to shake President Obama's hand. He came to the Duke UNC game, which was really cool and probably one of the better moments in life period. And then in 2021, when we went to the World Series, I think uh, I used to watch that all the time and wanted to go. And being able to be a part of that as a worker and coming with the team, um, that was awesome. I kind of have three a little bit too, but I'm going to make them quick. Uh, my first one was obviously at Maryland. Uh, they call me the IG story queen. I guess I 
because they liked the way that I did Instagram stories. Um, and it was one men's basketball game and Scott Van Pelt was there and Tori Smith was also there. And I got to, I was a little fangirl kind of, but I was being professional about it. I was like, hey, can I just get you guys on the Instagram story real quick? So that was really cool um, to be able to be in the presence of them. Um, my second one was when I was at the Southern Conference. I don't know how closely you guys follow Southern Conference basketball, but last year um, during our conference championship, it was Chattanooga and Furman. And I think they went into two over one overtime or it was like they went into an overtime and it was two buzzer beaters. And that game literally like it was crazy. It was all over ESPN. And just being able to tweet that from the conference account. I was going crazy. Like I was like the social media manager is going crazy right now. Like that atmosphere was like very, very, very fun to experience. Um, and then shout out to CSC on this one. My last one I would say is when I was able to be, um, I was on the NCAA ethnic minority grant this year from college sports committee and I mean communicators. Um, and we got to go to Vegas as a part of the convention and shameless plug, if you guys are interested, the application is now open. Um, and I met five other wonderful young professionals in the field that I would say are now my friends and we check in on each other a lot. So that just goes to speak on the, the relationships that you can make in this industry and like how valuable they can be no matter in what work, uh, personal life, like anything like that. So, yeah. Awesome. I mean, everybody in this industry is going to be able to tell you a list of stories that have helped shape them and have made such big impacts in their life. And I always love hearing that. So thank you guys for sharing that. Um, kind of transitioning a little bit. I know sports is great, but it also don't want to sugarcoat it. There are some definitely tough days. I mean, it's it's known for having these long, challenging days, um, being very time demanding. But one thing I want to talk about is that that's not also that's not exclusive to sports per se. Those are very real things, but that also exists in other industries as well. Um, so I want to turn specifically to Sammy because. Being on the junior college level, it is no, uh, it's pretty, uh, you don't want to overlook the fact that there are a lot of offices in this industry that are kind of stretched staff-wise. And for you specifically, I know we talked about this the other day, that uh, I think you're the lone SID at Citrus College. So just talk about setting boundaries early to kind of make sure and maintain and protect yourself on that work-life balance and kind of the demands that come with it while also like, I mean, also congratulations on the whole way you met your husband and everything. That's awesome. Talk about that and how that, how you kind of make sure to protect yourself early. Yeah. So um, I might not look it, but I'm actually been in this profession for a long time. So um, when I first started though, pre baby, pre husband, you know, a lot of times when we're first getting into this industry, like we want to just pour ourselves into it and make ourselves available 24 seven. And you set a precedence for coaches that way, where they can contact you at any time and they know you're going to respond. And one thing I've learned now that I've become a mom and have a family, like sometimes it's harder to, to kind of pull back from that um, but it's something that you need to do. You need to be able to protect yourself, protect that joy that you have. I see so many 
people that have been great SIDs or whoever in athletics that are now leaving the profession because they're so overwhelmed with work and they just don't feel like they have that work life balance and things that have worked for me are being able to like if I have taking time off like take time off I don't know how many times people will say they're off but then be like oh well I could take this meeting or they respond to emails or whatever so my daughter and I have Disneyland passes and we go as often as we can and that's like my 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 free time my time to decompress and be able to like refresh myself and get like a new life kind of thing. So when I'm at Disneyland with her, like that is my time with her. I'm not checking my emails. I'm not responding to things unless it's something that like has, obviously there's going to be emergencies that come up that um, there's fires that put out. But I think you want to set yourself where you're setting yourself up for success. So um, if you are going to take time off, putting in an out of office reply, putting um, someone that you know could handle those responsibilities if a fire were to come up and they know, okay, if I really can't figure this out, then I'm calling Sammy or whatever it is. But if you're always on call and always being able to put out those fires, like it's just going to put more and more on you. And, you know, it's that empty cup thing where you, if your cup is empty, you can't pour from it. And you want to make sure that your cup is full because like, I know for me, if, if I am very depleted, I'm not the best person. I'm very short. I'm, I don't, I'm not my normal bubbly personality and, um, you know, being able to respond to emails when, like you get to them. So, you know, having a to-do list or being able to utilize your emails, whether it's like, I'm notorious for (laughs) reading emails because I hate notifications, but then like forgetting about them. So I have to like remind myself to like make it unread so that I'll actually go back and do it. Um, And then, you know, being able to set time off. So like, you know, if you are home, there's no games going on, you don't need to check your email. If someone sends a request in, check it. Okay, I'll do that in the morning. Nothing is ever like immediate unless someone tells you that. When I used to work at a conference, I would do a lot of my work. Um, so I just recently transitioned to Citrus College, but I was at a conference and it was great with my daughter because I would do a lot of my work when she was sleeping, which <laughs> a lot of time is late at night. Um, but I don't know how many times I would send emails to like conference SAD, like the school SADs asking for things and they would like, oh, I can't get to it right now. I'm like, that's okay. Like I had to put, get to this tomorrow. Like I'm okay with you sending it in the morning when you get into the office. Nothing, when I'm sending you an email at nine o'clock at night, I'm not expecting you to send me a, a response right away, especially with a picture or whatever. Like sending me it when you're in the office and I might follow up, but it's, I'm probably sending that email because that's the time I can. And then the next morning of, if I haven't heard from you, then I might be like, oh, hey, by the way, just so you know, I still need that from you. But like being able to like turn yourself off from your work is so important, especially, you know, you work a late basketball game, a late football game, having the, the, flexibility to come in late the next day or work from home at times you know and I think sometimes people are afraid to have those conversations with admin but you have to be able to protect yourself because like I said you don't want to get burnout you can't pour from an empty cup so it's just important to really 
make yourself so that you're yeah you could be accessible 24 7 but you really like no person really should be unless you're like a police officer or a fire department like I feel it but even then those people usually work three days and then they're off for two days and I'm guessing they're not checking their emails to be like oh hey they need me to respond to this police matter at this time like there are people that can help with those things and if I could just add to that real quick like literally everything you said Sammy like amen i Yes. Um, and then also just like, especially in the digital world and how everything is constantly, there's constantly information getting pushed out. And if you're interested in working specifically in social media, this is something that I had to teach myself. There's an amazing setting on iPhone. If you guys have an iPhone that is like personal and you can like, no notifications will pop up on your phone from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, none of that. Nothing will pop up. And I set that for a reasonable time. I think I had it from like 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. the next day, um, just because like the nature of the job and what you do, you're on your phone so much during work hours or at a game that you just really have to be disciplined enough to know, okay, all right, I'm, I can't be on social media because it, it can mess with your mental health and you don't ever wanna hopefully not go down that route. So set your boundaries. And then my supervisor was on here. And if he is, shout out to him, um, Matthew Thompson, make sure that you're having me and him have a really good relationship in terms of like, oh, hey, I'm going to come in a little bit late today because I was at the basketball game or I'm not feeling well, is making sure you're developing those relationships. And going back to what I said about closed mouths don't get fed, just make sure you're communicating. Like if you have a really important family event that's about to come up, like my sister is going to be getting married in May. My best friend just had her baby shower in November or last month, sometime last month or something like that. Just make sure you communicate that. And it's like, hey, if I can get this staffed, is it okay if I can go to these once in a lifetime events that will never happen again? At the end of the day, your job is still going to be here and you have to just be able to communicate that with your administrators. And if they're like, no, I need you here because we can't get it staffed okay, that's understandable because this is my job and I understand. But if you have that conversation, it's just important to have that conversation and see if it's able to be done. And don't take advantage of it. Like, don't lie, obviously. Um, but just make sure you're setting those boundaries is really important. Awesome. Thank you all for that. Uh, the questions are rolling in now. So we're going to step aside for a minute and start asking some of those questions. But first, Jake Howard from West Virginia is going to ask his question. So go ahead, Jake. Hey, so I know a lot of you have worked as grad assistants in the past. That's something I've really been exploring um, this semester. I have a spreadsheet somewhere. I think of 113 schools I've reached out to. I may have reached out to some of you. I know I reached out to somebody at Tennessee. I don't know if it was you. Um, I know somebody mentioned uh, Northern Arizona. I was actually talking to somebody there just a few days ago. But my question was really, is it a prerequisite to kind of get your foot in the door or do some people just go right in? So I, I was an undergrad um, and then I got my first assistant SAD position um, straight out of graduating from college. But part of that was um, the SAD at the time that I was working for, who's now the AD there, but he had connections and he knew of an assistant SAD position in the conference that um, we played in. So that was my in. Um, I had applied for some GA positions and I think I had even been offered one, but I knew 
my assistant SID position was coming. So um, I didn't have to do it, um, but that's not everyone's path. I will say um, I agree with Sammy. Sammy, I'm on the same page with you today. Um, but I think for some reason, my impression, I think in the sports industry, relationships go a lot further than they do in any other industry. So like, just make sure that you're networking as much as you can. Like anyone's name that you see on this um, Zoom tonight, like take the time to reach out to them and be like, hey, like I was on, I saw you were on this panel. Let's have, uh, do you have time to talk? I would like to learn more, like follow up with them. I think it's really important, but I don't think you necessarily have to have your foot in the door, but it is good to know somebody because the, the way that I got the job that I have now is because one of the SIDs in my conference knew, knows the AD here and recommended me because he knew I, he, I worked with him. He was also the men's soccer contact, ooh, excuse me, um, at one of our conference schools. So just make sure that you're building those relationships and everyone in the sports industry knows everybody, not literally, but everybody knows everybody. So if your name is getting thrown around it, it just takes one person, one person to say your name in a room. And then from there, you'll get amazing opportunities. So, but continue doing what you're doing. Make sure your resume is updated and just, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And don't get discouraged. I know it's hard to get discouraged because I know you said it was like 113 schools. Do not get discouraged at all. Like I said, it just takes one person to say yes. All it takes is one yes, Jake, and then boom. Perfect. Thank you, guys. And then thanks, Jake, for the question. Uh, next question, we got Noah Cyberson from is a graduate assistant in Belmont. I'm going to toss this one to you, Josh. Noah's question is, what have you found are the best practices for making sure you're on the same page with coaches in regards to content? I'm going to you, obviously, because of your new role, and that's going to play a big part of it. Yeah, Noah, over at Belmont, um, we spent some time together. Uh, I think one thing, just making sure you're on the same page with coaches and content is just being ingrained in the program to understand the coach's message. And like one thing here is that with Vanderbilt baseball, at least we want to make sure that we're pumping out the same message that's being said inside our program. We don't want to be viewed externally some way we are not internally. So um, making sure you're on the same page is having those conversations with coach and making sure that you understand the same mindset that they have so that you're not putting something out that they don't agree with or they don't condone. So um, those constant conversations, communication is, is key and having good feel and just being around the program. I know it's tough because you have to balance like time and like not wanting to be around when you don't have to be around. But I think the time that you spend inside the program, the more rewarding it is because you really get a chance to feel the culture inside of the program that you're working with. So that's probably my best advice or practice for that. Um, but I hope that helps. And then for the next question, we're going to Max Abersold from Kansas. I'm gonna to go to Sammy and Jasmine. Max's question is, what is the best advice for an intern transitioning from a university to the conference level in communications? Yeah, so I um, I transitioned from a school to a conference um, as an SID, but not necessarily as an intern. So Jasmine probably can talk a little more from that level, but um, it's different. Um, 
so I've always, I've always loved getting to know the teams. They become my team. Um, and so that's part of the reason why I left the conference because uh, at the conference level, you have multiple teams that you're all cheering for, but a lot of times they're playing against each other. Um, and so it was, that was what I missed about being at the conference level. So now I'm back on a school. Um, but I think just knowing your SADs and um, utilizing their resources and help um, helped me at, when I was at the Cascade Conference. Um, we had a lot of great veterans. We had some newbies. Um, so it was a lot of mixture of everything and just kind of getting everyone on board with how things ran. So making it smooth so that they know, you know, player of the weeks or um, deadlines or different things like that. And being able to like utilize people in the conference to you know help you with whatever you need whether it's learning how you do something at the conference level um you know how you handle stats or um what you need from them like hey <laughs> your guys are using the wrong names you got to use these names this is our naming guide let me put together this resource so that they'll help you and this is another resource for you that'll help you and make sure you're using me as a resource you know um and sometimes you have to be kind of more like a not a middle person, but almost in a way like, hey, they're not doing the rosters right. Like, hey guys, make sure you're like using the same roster template. This is what I've given you. Um, you know, a lot of times I felt like I was saying the same thing over and over again, but sometimes that's how it is at the conference level, especially if there's more revolving people at other schools. Yep, and as always on the same page as Sammy tonight, um, I would say, I agree with everything that she said. And sometimes like you might feel like you're being the quote unquote bad guy because you're on the conference level now, but like don't ever take anything personal. Um, just understand that the school SIDs, as you would know, it's because you're are, you were an intern at a university. They have a lot of things that they have to handle on their campus. So just be open and be empathetic towards what they have to deal with on campus in addition to sending everything that you need from them on the conference level. Um, I would also say utilize your relationships. I made so many great relationships at the Southern Conference from the SWAs, the AADs, um, the FARs, like literally everybody. The conference office itself gets to know everybody. You learn a lot. Like I was doing op stuff and I'd never thought I was ever going to do any operations um, things when I was at the conference level. So just keeping that in mind and when I made the transition from a university to the conference, I was a senior, COVID had just happened. So I was kind of over it as in like, I didn't physically want to be at places like go to events anymore. As senioritis, I was over school. Um, so being able to take a step back and go to the conference office was nice because um, you don't necessarily have to be everywhere at every single event. It's a nine, not a nine to five, eight to five. Um, Obviously, you have to be able to upload your stats after hour, but it's nice because you're able to do that in the comfort of your own home while also getting to cheer for 10, 12, however many teams it is in your conference. Like, literally, it goes from cheering for one team to cheering for all of those other teams. But keeping in mind, you got to still kind of be like, you got to be, uh, what's the word? You can't show favoritism at the same time. So that would be my advice for you. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Josh, going back to you, we have Josh Schwamm from Arizona State. He is a GA. His question, Vanderbilt baseball does an amazing job keeping up with its alums. 
I work for the Arizona Fall League, and your account has dialed into the content, whether it was Kumar or any others. I'm also a GA at Arizona State. We do some of that too, but what are some tips your staff has to keeping tabs on pro alumni? Yeah, we try and do a good job of just covering our alums that are doing big things, whether it's in pro ball um, at the big league level or even in the minors. I think one thing that has helped us has been just following them on social media. Sometimes you figure that the guys who are doing good, they reshare the moments when they have a big game. So just keeping up to date, staying up to date on that and following them to make sure like when they post something, we're looking into it to see like what was the game and can we pump that out and like show them some love because we want to make it a priority to honor the guys who've come before the guys that we have currently on the team. And um, we kind of consider them to be the people who built this place to what it is now. All right. Thank you, Josh. A little bit of a tougher one on this next question from Kelly Young. How do you troubleshoot not having the budget or personnel to have a photographer or social media person at every slash most events aiming to approve the appearance of live or real time content when it's not actually possible? Uh, I'll open that up to any of you guys, but I will say, yeah, that is definitely a real issue. And it kind of goes back to in sports, a lot of offices are stretched thin. So I'll open up to you guys, whichever one wants to hop in and answer. I could answer this one. Um, I'm the only one in our office who does social. Well, I'm not the only one that does social media. I'm the only one that schedules like photographers and stuff. Obviously the SIDs help with in game um, and game day posts for social media. But I would say my approach is to, if you have the ability to have any like student workers or anything, um, reach out to them and see if you could potentially see if they would be interested in helping. I have two student workers that have helped immensely um, with helping staff the events because sometimes, especially during crossover season with basketball and baseball and beach volleyball and track, um, I could only imagine, like I'm not gonna be able to be at every single event. So being able to have those student workers is going to be helpful. But at the end of the day, if you're not able to do that because you don't have the budget and you know that you are short staffed, I think it just comes down to communication and being able to express that to whether it's the coaches or if it's the administrators um, and just let them understand like, hey, I'm one person. I can't be at baseball and basketball at the same time. Um, and then if there is a possible solution, if it's like you go to basketball for half to get photos, you go to baseball for half to get photos, you can attempt to do that. But the other approach that I take is it goes back to how everything is just forever evolving. Like the, the digital world is so like, it has to be right now. Give yourself some grace sometimes and understand that like my perspective on it sometimes is like, if this was 2010, it not that it wouldn't be a big deal, but no one would be as pressed to see like the live updates and stuff. So just don't try to spread yourself too thin um, and do whatever you can do, what you're physically capable of doing as one person. Um, and like I said, just have those conversations and see, hey, we do have crossover season coming up. Is it possible that we can like get a, a, a higher budget or 
how, do you know any interns or anything like that that we could reach out to? Because like I said, at the end of the day, boundaries are important. You don't want to get burnt out. And it's really easy to get burnt out in this profession if you don't communicate what your needs are. So be your biggest advocate. I think piggybacking off that too, um, like I found student workers by literally finding student athletes bios that said like what they were interested in. And I was like, hey, you're interested in photography. Would you like a job with athletics? Um, and if you can't necessarily hire out at every game, like, so here at the JUCO level, I do stats for the games, so I can't necessarily take pictures or everything, but, um, and I don't do like in-game live tweets or stuff like that. I don't even really, I do game day posts and I'm trying to do more content, but, um, right now I'm just trying to set like where we are. Um, but if you can hire out a photographer, like for a couple games, having them take like a ton of pictures even if it's three pictures that look the same of one player but they're just slightly different those are three different pictures that you could use at different times you know then having them take a variety of them making sure they're taking team pictures huddle pictures um you know lineup pictures different things like that that you can use at different things and people won't know that they weren't necessarily from that game unless you have a full frontal like someone head-to-head -head, I'm wearing owls they're wearing the lancers or whatever like then obviously yeah but no one's paying attention that closely um you know so we we use pictures all the time from events that are not at that actual game thank you all uh Reiterating what Barb is putting in the comments, if you have not told us where you're joining us from today, please put that info. We'd love to know where everyone's coming from, uh, what conferences, what universities, colleges are being represented. Uh, for our next two questions, we're actually going to go to two that were pre-submitted. The first, I'm a student assistant at a Division three school, and I have aspirations to work at a Division one conference or school when I graduate next year. What is your experience on making a jump to a different division than the school that you will graduate from? Is it possible or do people not consider you if you are not from the same division with similar experiences that they have? I'll open that up to you guys because I've always kind of stayed at the same level. I'm very blessed, but I'll open it up to you guys and your kind of thoughts and opinions. Sammy, go ahead. <laughs> do you want me okay I can do it. so um so like I said I was a student athlete I was um a student athlete started out division two and then when I graduated AP was uh NAI and then I got my first job out of college as a D2 SAD and then um I worked so that was in Northern California. I worked my way back down to Southern California where I'm from. Um, and so at Cal Baptist, I was part of the transition from, I was there for our first year of division two through the transition to division one. And then I went to the NAIA conference level and now I'm at a JUCO. So I've seen all the different levels. Um, I think the biggest thing is just showing your, your expertise and being able to like really show off your assets. Like uh, when people are looking, when I, at least when I was looking for to hire someone, it wasn't necessarily where they came from. Um, I think both Jasmine and Joshua talked about like relationships. Obviously, that's going to help you knowing people. But if if you know sports, whether it's if you're doing social media stats, SAD, whatever it is, like basketball is basketball, soccer is soccer. You know, there's there's not going to be there's a little bit of differences, but 
in terms of coverage, there's not differences, you know? So um, people shouldn't be looking at, oh, well, I came from a D3 and now I'm trying to get a D1. It, it might more come down to like who you know. So, you know, hey, you're putting on Sammy Wellman on your resume as a reference. Well, hey, I know Sammy Wellman or they worked at blah, blah, blah. I, I'd probably look up that school and be like, hey, call the SID. So tell me about this kid. You know, and you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in a good position where whoever you work for is going to put yourself in a positive light. Awesome. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, we have three more questions we're going to take. One more uh, that was pre-submitted. want to say if you have any questions that we don't get to tonight or if you didn't have the chance to put it in the chat, feel free to reach out to any of us. Um, our emails are all listed on the, the website for this. Uh, feel free to reach out. Seriously, everybody here wants to help uh, you guys and help answer any questions you have. So don't, don't feel bad if we're not able to get to it. Um, just reach out. We would love to talk more about anything and everything working in, uh, in college sports. Yeah, I saw, saw Lori just put her email in the chat. I'll put mine in the chat as well. Josh, Jasmine, and Sammy, if you guys wouldn't mind doing that as well, in case anybody has any extra questions. For the next question... Do you have any tips as I prepare my resume to look for internships or graduate graduate assistantships uh, for my work? If I see a position I'm interested in, do you suggest I reach out to the athletic media relations staff there to inquire about positions? Is that frowned on, upon? I want to position myself the best I can. I graduate in May and have worked for my SID office for two years. I'm also a volleyball student now, athlete, so I've balanced both. I can touch on this because I love resumes and giving resume tips. I would say, um, one, make sure you're putting any result-based information into your resume. So if it's social media stuff, like make sure you're able to talk, to speak on how much, how much engagement has increased since you've taken over or how many more follow, followers you've gained. Um, it's good to be able to look at a resume and see numbers. I'm a numbers person because I do work in social media as I can imagine SIDs are because you guys, every, they keep stats all the time. Um, so being able to see those numbers, it'll set you apart from someone who, who is like, oh, I managed this account. Okay, well, how well did that account perform? Did you increase followers or were you just tweeting stuff? Did you have a strategy? How did that strategy, what was the outcome of that strategy? So make sure you're able to put stuff like that in there. Um, and then suggesting reaching out to the staff Personally, as a recent graduate, kind of recent 2020, um, I would say I think it's not frowned upon. I think that's a good idea to do because if anything, um, one, you might be taking an extra step that someone else might not have taken. And also, if they come across your resume, they're like, oh, wait, hold on a second. That person emailed me. It just shows your self-initiative that like you will take a task and you will go the extra step to make sure either you're getting recognized or you're going to make sure that you're um, getting it done. So I would say continue to do that. And if you want like personal um, feedback on your resume, feel free to send it to me. I can, I don't know if we're sharing emails or anything, but I know my Twitter was in the email that was sent out. Um, but if you want me to look over your resume, I can definitely help you with that. Cause like I said, I love, 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 love resume stuff. Um, so yeah, keep up the good work reach out to as many people as you as you can. Um, I'm speaking more on, on a recent grad, so I, I don't know if 
they might have different opinions on that. And especially if you're like been working in the industry a little bit longer, but putting your name out there is just really important. Yeah, I want to reiterate that as well. I oversee our student intern program here at the University of Tennessee. And I tell our students all the time, like, hey, if you want an internship over the summer with somebody or you're looking at graduate assistant positions coming up soon, go ahead and try and reach out to the people that are going to be making those hires. Um, now, obviously, be smart about it. If you're wanting an NFL internship, maybe don't email them in the middle of the season uh, when they're super busy because odds are you probably won't get a response. But when you can kind of tell when they're going to have a little bit of a slower time, reach out to those people. Because a big thing for me is that you're going to see that there's initiation and or they're taking initiative to be involved in your organization, which I love to see. I have people reach out all the time wanting to intern with me. And that means so much when someone is willing to put themselves out there and like seek a position as opposed to me trying to put something out saying, hey, uh, we're taking applications now. Apply. I love that. Um, next question, we're going to go to Blake Lowry from Ole Miss. What steps should I take as an undergraduate student trying to become a graduate assistant? I mean, I can talk on this as well because I was a graduate assistant. Um, I stayed at the University of Tennessee. I was a student here and then was lucky enough to stay on and be a GA. But I've also worked with several people um, who have gone on to other locations being a GA. The one thing you really need to do is just Take initiative on things. Reach out to your SIDs that are working with you guys. Try and get the skill sets that you're going to need to be an SID. Or, and I know I'm talking SID because that's my field, but this really goes for anything that's related to uh, college sport communicators. Like, get that experience early from an SID standpoint. Start practice writing your recaps, press releases. You're going to need that and because that's what people are going to look for. Uh, whether it's doing notes, knowing how to operate stat crew, genius for all the different sports, working in as many sports as you can. A big thing I like to tell my students is, you know, everybody works football and basketball. Those are the big sports. But when you're getting into this industry, there's probably a good chance you're not going to get those opportunities early on. So you need to know the, the tennises, the golf, the trek and field, the swimming and diving, rowing, like know all that stuff. Be well-rounded in a lot of different areas. And that will help set you up for success, especially when you're looking for jobs. Um, any opportunities you can get kind of acting as like a secondary contact or even a primary contact if your college or university allows it, that's huge experience. Um, and then any outside experience you get, whether it's working for bowl games, working for championship events, um, things like that, that goes a long way when and bolsters your resume when applying for that kind of stuff. Anybody else want to hop in? Yeah, Blake, I would just say make the most of your experience. Um, treat it as a profession while you're already in it as a student um, and kind of go into it as, as it's something that you want to do. That's what I did while I was at Alabama. And they kind of the, the full timers there knew that I wanted to become involved in the profession. Didn't really know what capacity, but they kind of gave me more responsibility as I earned it and showed my dependability and reliability. So, and then I came back as a grad student. So take, make the most of your experience while you're there at Ole Miss is a great program and great department. And just, you have some great people there and use them as resources and learn from them and just make the most of it and treat yourself as a professional and make the real, I mean, build relationships while you're doing it. 
All right, y'all, we're going to wrap up with this question. We have Akila Laster. How have you all been intentional in developing yourself to be future leaders of this industry? What challenges in that effort and what advice do you give to newcomers? Um, I would say push yourself out of your comfort zone. And if you think that you're not qualified or you're not ready to take on a task, don't be scared to still try and do it. Uh, there were a lot of things that like, I was like, oh my gosh, you're asking me to tweet a championship game at the conference level and I'm an intern. What? Like my heart dropped and I was really scared, but like, just don't be afraid to do that because there's no growth in comfort zones, like at all. The only way that you grow is when you're able to step outside of that comfort zone and learn more about who you are and what you're actually capable of doing. Um, I will also say like what I personally been doing to be intentional is I've been more involved in CSC now since I um, went to the convention over the summer, just because being surrounded by so many professionals and seeing what they're doing and the impact that they're making in this industry, it had a really, really, it left a really strong impression on me. So I was like, okay, I have to be more intentional about just not going to work every day and doing what I'm expected to do. I need to go to work and do what I'm expected to do, but also just go a, not one step above, but maybe two, three, four, maybe even seven steps above um, to make sure that I'm constantly developing and becoming a better me. So, and reflection is really important. Make sure you're always reflecting on what you could have done better or what you were already doing really good because having that self, self-talk self is very important. Um, being able to be like, oh, you did that really good or oh my gosh, like that conversation or that graphic you made, it could have been better. Um, ask for advice, ask for feedback, and don't take anything personal. Do not take anything personal in this industry. And that also applies to life. Like, just don't take anything personal at all. I think that's what's helped me grow better as a, a, as a leader. Yeah. And I would say just don't box yourself in just kind of how Jasmine was saying, like, be involved as much as you can. And um, one thing that I try not to do is hide behind a keyboard. I know we spend a lot of time doing game notes and typing and just tweeting and stuff like that, but I wanna get out. I wanna be seen and wanna allow people to put a face with a name because when they see you, they get to build relationships with you. And then um, that's how connections are made. So um, I'm a big in-person face-to-face communicator and just want to be um, creating relationships throughout the department and making relationships with our administrators and whatnot. So um, don't box yourself in and don't limit yourself to one task, especially while you're young, because you never know what life will take you. I think I'd also plug CSC because um, like getting on committees, um, you know, I I joined the CSEU, formerly COSEDU, because I'm very passionate about our profession and getting um, more and more people interested in sports communication, um, especially at the collegiate level. And so um, this last year I was asked to be vice chair of the committee and I was like, um, okay. Um, but I think like what they say, you know, like don't let things box you in, don't let things fear, like make you afraid, um, push yourself outside that comfort zone. and um really just embrace those opportunities and and embrace what all CSC has because there are so many committees whether it's um special awards advocacy like there's so many different places that you can find 
a place and then just building those relationships and and being able to just be a leader and grow through your profession as well. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking time to come out and talk to us today. Seriously, Josh, Sammy, Jasmine, you guys did a great job tonight, answered a lot of great questions. I want to say thank you guys to all the participants who came out. Excellent questions. We thank you guys for coming out and being interested in something like this, especially for those who are going through finals right now. We know it's a busy time, so it does really mean a lot to us. Um, we encourage you guys, if you're going to, if you want to pursue a career in this, become involved on College Sport Communicators. Uh, the website has so much information there. Uh, there's professional development education series that have gone out throughout already in the fall. And there's a lot to come going into the spring next year. And all that stuff is free for you guys as members. And if you're not a member, like look into joining. We would love to have you guys. We would love to tell you about it. If you're not a member and you're kind of on the fence, like feel free to reach out to any of us and we can kind of tell you the, the pros about it and everything that we love and how it's beneficial. Um, one more thing tomorrow, this will be on the on-demand uh, so if you want to rewatch it or if you have any uh, fellow student workers or any of uh, fellow GAs or anybody that you think may be interested in that, you can follow up and find this on there tomorrow. It will be uploaded. And that is also where the other webinars will be housed as well. So once again, thank you all so much for coming out today. We appreciate it on behalf of College Sport Communicators and then the College Sport Communicators U Committee. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hope everyone has a happy holidays.